Happy hump day, everybody. Welcome to the midway point of the work week. Let's celebrate together by discussing some Buckeyes here on the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Let's get the latest on Ohio State football and basketball. I'm your show host, Kyle Lamb. was combing and pouring through the analytics and made some interesting discoveries about Ohio State basketball. It seems to me things are not as bad as they seem. I'll tell you what the numbers have to say, and I'll explain them coming up here in just a few minutes. Also, Kerry Coombs lands his first fish since being back at Ohio State. And a new wrinkle in the 24-7 ranking show, Ohio State should be second to nobody. I'll tell you why you should not worry about what Clemson is doing. Instead, focus on the great things Ryan Day and Ohio State is doing here locally. All that coming up today on Locked on Buckeyes. We are your daily or mostly daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. Give us a listen on the platform of your choice. Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say play the Lock on Buckeyes podcast on your smart speakers. Follow me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Follow the show at Locked on Buckeye. Coming up next, some Ohio State hoops analysis. What the numbers say. I'll tell you, coming up. You you know the old saying, things are never as good as they seem, and they're never as bad as they seem? I think whoever came up with that was referring to Ohio State basketball in the 2019-2020 season. I was doing some analysis of this team, big picture stuff, looking in-depth more at the analytics, trying to figure out what was going right early in the year and what was going wrong as the Big Ten season started uh, in full swing there at the end of December. And what's really astounding when doing a statistical analysis of Ohio State is the things you thought were really going wrong with this team are not as bad as they seem. And some of the things you thought were better are actually a little bit worse than you would have ever imagined. Let me look at it. This, let's, let's start with this. The turnovers on offense for Ohio State, it, that is one of the, if not the major problem right now that the Buckeyes have. The turnover percentage has gone from 17% two years ago in the 2018 season to 185 or 18.7% to be more exact, last season. That means 18.7% of the possessions result in an Ohio State turnover. This year, it is up just a hair over 20% right now, which is really kind of interesting because coming into the year, you thought having two very talented true point guards on the roster in C.J. Walker and D.J. Carton, you thought that number would go down when it actually has gone up. Now, just observationally, watching the games, and, and I don't have the data to, to support this. This is just what I think, what I'm perceiving is happening. I don't think you're seeing the ball handling turnovers happen nearly as much as last year. Last year was an issue of not having ball handlers, okay? C.J. Jackson was not a true ball-first, pass-first point guard. Keyshawn Woods was not a true ball-handling pass-first point guard. A lot of the turnovers last year were not having guys that could handle pressure. Even the most 
normal defensive pressure around the perimeter. This year, they're not turning it over as much with ball handling. It's it's a lot of lazy and sloppy passes. And as I've talked about before here on the show, getting into the paint, not knowing where to go with the ball, that's a big problem for Ohio State right now is driving and trying to make plays without seeing what could happen next. You have to anticipate and expect what might happen with a defense, and Ohio State is not doing that right now. So I don't think that the turnover problem has much to do with the ball handling, but the bottom line is, regardless of the reason and the rationale, it has gone up a little bit. So that part of the perception of what's going on with Ohio State basketball is absolutely correct. Okay, if you are watching these games, you're saying they're turning over too much. The analytics agree with you on that. They were in a slump there for a little while. There's no doubt about that. The three-point shooting has actually come back, and it's they're still second in the Big Ten right now in three-point shooting percentage. So the outside shooting is fine. It's coming back as we thought it would. The two-point percentage remains low, and, and I think that I have earmarked two problems with Ohio State as to why that is. Number one, I discussed this earlier in the week in that Caleb Wesson is not finishing at the rim right now. He's really struggling with double teams. He's really struggling to finish at the rim, period. And that's the second thing with Ohio State is they're not finishing at the, at the rim as a whole. The entire team, when it gets to the rim, is having problems finishing because of bigger, stronger, longer, more athletic defenders. They're getting they're getting shots blocked and altered and they're not absorbing contact at the rim. Some of that is that they're not going up with phys- with physical um, anticipation at the rim. They're not uh, expecting the contact and they're not absorbing it. They have to go and be more strong at the rim and they have to attempt to finish and not try to finesse the ball. They're doing that too much. So the two-point percentage, I think, for Ohio State has to get better and they have to be more physical at the rim and finish. That's part of the problem. But the effective field goal percentage overall as a whole, the team is shooting pretty well. And if you don't believe me, here's the thing. They're still in the top 25 in the country. That's out of hundred or two or 353 teams now. Top 25 in effective field goal percentage for the entire season. So... For the most part, Ohio State is putting the ball in the basket even now. And you might say, well, that's because they were playing so well early in the season and that's affecting their stats. Well, here's where things get interesting. Pointed this out on Twitter on Tuesday. Ohio State right now in Big Ten play alone, okay, excluding all of their non-conference games, They are number three right now in points per possession. They are scoring 1.04 points per trip on average. That is third best in the Big Ten behind Iowa and Michigan State, and it's tied with Michigan. So Ohio State is actually scoring points in the Big Ten. In fact, their adjusted offensive efficiency, which is number of points per possession multiplied by 100 possessions, accounting for the competition they're playing and adjusted for the competition, meaning 
the average, the national average of your opponents adjusted, what would you do in 100 possessions against an average college basketball team? Their offensive efficiency right now, adjusted offensive efficiency in Big Ten is 111 points per 100 possessions. It was actually 110 in non-conference. So they're actually playing a tick above what they were doing in non-conference. Now, you might be asking, how is that possible? Because I know what I'm seeing. They're not looking as good. Their raw points per possession is obviously lower against Big Ten teams than it was in the non-conference, but they're also playing tougher competition. Remember, the Big Ten right now, excluding Ohio State, has 10 other teams that would be in the NCAA tournament as of today. The only teams that would not be in the NCAA tournament in the Big Ten if the season ended today are Purdue, Nebraska, and Northwestern. Ohio State and the 10 other basketball teams, that's 11 total, would be in the NCAA tournament if the season ended today. And if you don't believe me, go pull up pretty much any bracketologist projection right now, and you would see 10 or 11 teams in the Big Ten in the tournament, including Ohio State and Minnesota and everybody else you could imagine other than those three teams. So Ohio State right now, I'm not saying there's not offensive problems because as I said, they're not finishing as well at the rim. They are turning the ball over. They've been a little wishy-washy shooting, although the outside shooting is slowly coming back now. They're getting that back together. I thought the ball handling and the ball reversals and the flow of the offense were better in stretches both against Minnesota and especially Northwestern. Subtle steps forward there. That's good news. But when you ballpark it, big picture it, Ohio State is actually not playing that bad offensively. Because you have to consider, yes, it doesn't look right. It doesn't look good. And I'm not saying there are no problems. The raw numbers are definitely down, but they're facing tougher competition. But they're still in the neighborhood of being a decent offensive team. It's just got to get better. And that's the good news. They've got room for improvement. I think they're going to get better because the shooting, as I said, it's coming around. If they can figure Caleb's slump out, if he can get back to having confidence and finishing inside and the team get better at finishing around the rim, I think the rest will come. I think the offense will come back. I think some of these sloppy turnovers will go away. There is hope at the finish line for Ohio State if they can get through this. The analytics say they're not that bad in shape. But here's where I am concerned. So you you ask yourself, okay, well, if the offense is actually as good as it was in the non-conference, adjusted for competition, which it is. So you you say, well, how are they 3-6 and six in the Big Ten? It's actually the defense, and that may surprise you. But Ohio State in the non-conference schedule, okay, they were averaging giving up only 81 points per 100 possessions. That was number two in the country in non-conference scheduling. Virginia was number one defense in the country at 79 or 78, adjusted for competition. So Ohio State was the second best defensive team in the country in efficiency outside of the Big Ten play. Their number has dropped all the way from 81 points to 96 points allowed per 100 possession, which, by the way, that's still good. That's still a, an above-average defensive team. There, there's no reason to panic here. Ohio State is still defending well. They've just had a big dip. They're not defending as consistently, especially on the perimeter. I said the other day, the biggest problem I have with Ohio State right now, 
defensively is that they're not guarding dribble penetration as well as they were. For some reason, it's it's just gone, uh, it's just gone downhill, and I can't put my finger on it. Some of it is effort and consistency. You've just got to bear down and defend for forty minutes. Some of that is just effort, but the, there's just something off defensively, and I can't put my finger on it. I'm not panicking because I think that's something that they can get straightened out. And with confidence, maybe their offense is bringing their defense down a little bit. But I think that that will get corrected also. So it's just weird, though. But the bottom line here for me, I this is why I have not panicked. Because the analytics say Ohio State is still okay. The analytics are still looking at the big picture. They're involving all the games despite the trend. They're not cherry-picking. They're looking at every single game combined. And they're saying there is still a good basketball team in there somewhere. Ken Palm still has Ohio State number 12 in the country. I know that shocks some of you. But the analytics say Ohio State is a really good basketball team. They're going through it right now. But I think they're on the brink of getting out of it. I think these last couple games, even the loss to Minnesota. Remember the loss to Minnesota? I said this. They only scored 59 points, but they also only had 58 possessions in that game. 57 possessions, I think it was. That was actually not as bad of an offensive performance as the score indicates because of the slow, slow pace to that game. So, believe it or not, Ohio State's offense, third best in raw points per possession in Big Ten play out of 14 teams. It's actually the defense, which is slightly below average in the league anyway, that's letting them down. So, I think Ohio State will be okay. Couple minor issues they do have to fix. They're not playing as well. The raw stats bear that out. They're not playing as well right now, but it hasn't been as bad as it seems, and I think it's going to get better. Maybe not as well as they were playing early in the year, especially games like Villanova, North Carolina. Not saying expect that team to show up again. It's hard to say. It could. It might. It might not. I think Caleb has to get back on track offensively for that to happen. He needs to be playing like the Caleb Wesson as a post player we've seen in the past, and he's not shooting very well either right now. But if those things start to happen, I think this team will get it figured out, hopefully for their sake, starting with the Saturday game against Indiana. That's an important game for Ohio State. They can't lose any more games at home. They've already dropped the Wisconsin and Minnesota games. They need to get back on track in Columbus. Speaking of getting back on track, Kerry Coombs already back at it again. We'll talk about the recruiting success and pickup for Ohio State on Tuesday. And the numbers have changed in the recruiting rankings. And you should be excited. I'll tell you about that coming up. All right. So, hey, listen, it's my show. I can do what I want. I'm making an executive decision. Technically, the the good corporate folks over there at Locked On have final say, but they're not going to get in my way on this. Uh, It's not that big of a deal. They don't care. I am going to focus today on Ohio State's recruiting success because I know some of you are paying attention to to all these four- and five-star guys that Clemson is landing, and we talked about this earlier earlier in the week. You know, Clemson, look, they're a good class, but some of y'all getting carried away with 
just how good Clemson is doing. Don't be so paranoid. Don't be so insecure. You're fans of the Ohio State University, the the one of the winningest football programs of all time. Clemson is a is new money. They showed up in the last six years. They're, I said this on Twitter. This was my joke. Okay, I said Bill Gates and dot com wealth think Clemson is new money. Social media folks think Clemson is new money. Okay, that's how new they are to this scene. They're doing a bang up job recruiting. They're getting a lot of guys. Dabo Swinney, hey, he's running a great program. I think he's a snob. I hate the guy, but hey, he's putting together a really, really good string of success here. But you guys and gals are fans of the Ohio State University. The day you start getting insecure and woe is us, look what Clemson is doing on the recruiting trail, is the day I think y'all should go out and find some other hobby to occupy your time because you're not cut out for college football fandom. And I don't really want you to do that. I want you to stick by on the bandwagon because I think it's going to be worth it in the long run. I think what Ryan Day is doing is worth other fan bases being concerned about Ohio State. There's a reason why you can go on a Michigan message board and watch them panic at everything Ohio State does because Ohio State right now is a well-oiled machine, and they've been doing it a heck of a lot longer than Clemson has. I'm not saying not to respect Clemson's recruiting success, but if you haven't noticed, the Buckeyes are reeling in a lot of really good players. It started, or it continued, I should say, on Tuesday with defensive back slash receiver slash athlete from Michigan, Cam Martinez, announcing he is sticking with his commitment to Ohio State. Kerry Combs comes in, rescues Cam Martinez's commitment. He's sticking with the Buckeyes. He's going to be at Ohio State this fall. Kerry Combs, one for one so far. That guy is going to get it done. We all remember what kind of maniac he is on the recruiting trail. That's going to be the first of many for him this time around at Ohio State. The Buckeyes are fine. If you look at the new 24-7 rankings that just came out on Tuesday, Ohio State cleaned up. They've got the number one and number two receiver in the country. Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith Jigba. The top two receivers in the country are going to be at the Ohio State University next year. And oh, by the way, the guy that's going to be throwing to them eventually, I think, maybe. I mean, there are a couple other guys that are going to be in the running. But the guy that I like, C.J. Stroud, he is now the number two pro-style quarterback in the country. He is a five-star from 24-7 sports. The number one forty, number 41 overall player in the recruiting consensus rankings. C.J. Stroud, you know how much I liked that guy even before he showed up at the All-American game. And it turns out I didn't know he could run like he did. He looks like a gazelle running with those long strides. He looks like Terrell Pryor. He can really run the ball, which is something I didn't know that he could. I was really high on him because of his throwing ability. He's a little raw, but he's got a naturally fluid motion. He's got this long flip of the wrist. He can he can chuck it with without much effort in his throwing motion. It's a little unorthodox, but they'll get that tightened up a little bit. But that kid 
I was already high on him before, and then he goes out in the All-American game, and he shows, hey, by the way, he's a really good runner. So the Buckeyes are cleaning up. They've got the number one tackle in the country coming in. They've got three of the top ten receivers. They've got one of the top five inside linebackers in the country. They've got the number two center in the country coming up. I mean, guys and gals, Ohio State cleaning up in the recruiting trail. In terms of per star or per player averages, Ohio State is almost neck and neck with Clemson in the last two or three classes, depending on how you want to stack it up. If you just want to look at the last class and a half, 2020 and 2021, they've got a couple more five-star players, but in terms of per star average by player, Ohio State is right there with Clemson. I'm telling you guys, Ohio State is not a program that you should be insecure about right now. Get over this anti, get over this Clemson, whatever you want to call it. The fear, insecurity, paranoia. I don't know what it is, but get over it. You guys support and root for, in my mind, the best program of all time. There are a lot of ways you can slice that. It's not a, uh, there, it's not a no doubt argument. You can put Oklahoma in the conversation. You could put Alabama or maybe Michigan, although probably not Michigan because they haven't won many titles in a long time. But there are a few programs in conversation in the running for the greatest of all time. Clemson is nowhere to be found in that. Clemson has six top 10 finishes prior to the arrival of Dabo Swinney in, in 2009. They have six top 10 finishes all time in the AP poll. Okay, so until Dabo got there, they had a total of six. Ohio State, prior to 2009, 31. Alabama, 33. Oklahoma, 36. Michigan, I think, 33. 32 or 33. Guys, it's not even close. Clemson is, it's, it's a very new, it's new money. It's a new program. Their success is because of Dabo. That's it. And that doesn't, take anything away with what they're doing right now. They're a really good program. They're an elite program right now. But I got news for you. Ohio State's elite right now too. And they're about to become even more elite the next couple years. That's my that's my Kyle guarantee. Locked on Buckeyes. You remember that. I, I'm willing to stand by, by that. I'm not going to say, oh, they're going to win the next three national titles or something silly. I'm going to slow my roll just a little bit. But I'm saying, if you want to focus on recruiting success, just pay attention to what Ryan Day and his staff is doing right now. (laughs) They're locking and loading for the next several years. So do not fret what Clemson is doing in recruiting. It's good. It's really good. It's not historically, like, unprecedented. Georgia actually has a better per-player average the last couple years. Alabama's right there. Ohio State's right there. LSU is kind of close. It's not just Clemson and everybody else. It may seem like that, but it's really not. Just boiling it down for you. Anyway, Kerry Combs locks up Cam Martinez. He will be a Buckeye. The new 24-7 rankings are out. Check them out if you want to see where the Buckeye recruits are, are ranked 
in the latest recruiting rankings. It's mostly good news. Most guys got a big bump. Very well-deserved, very good class for Ohio State in the 2019 class, which will be arriving, or 2020 class, which will be arriving on campus this fall. Some of them, of course, are already on campus and will be participating in spring drills. But we will discuss that in greater detail as the days and weeks come up. That is going to do it for Locked on Buckeyes. Thanks for listening again. Really appreciate all the support as we continue to grow. And I'm sure we have a lot in store the rest of the year as we get through the rest of basketball season and beyond and into football coming up. A lot of exciting plans for the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. Please tell a friend, whoever you know, that loves the Buckeyes and would like to hear a daily or almost daily podcast on Ohio State football and basketball. Send them our way. Have them find and follow us on the platform of their choice. Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say, play the Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers and let it do the work for you. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Locked on Buckeyes Singular. Thanks for listening. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. Catch you later.